the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with us. It is Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you indeed. Thank you, Jesus. And by the way, on a serious tip, thank you, Jesus, for the blessing that it was today to get to MC again, the National Day of Prayer on behalf of Downtown Fellowship of Churches and Ministries. Uh, that was also, we were a part of that today at the Answer San Diego. We were one of the hosts of it, both of our radio stations, the Answer San Diego and uh, our sister station, K-Praise. What an absolute honor and blessing it was to join together today with Christians and, and, uh, pray over uh, the way it worked was we prayed over our city and our, our nation and then we also had different individuals different uh, leaders from different sectors of San Diego uh, to speak over the challenges in our different sectors and uh, pray over that it included uh, not just myself speaking about the media sector which I do every night of the week basically and also there with me today will via video was our good friend and host of today with Dr. Wendy on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Uh, Wendy Patrick was there so it was a phenomenal time. I want to thank everybody, Ben Montoya, president of the Downtown Fellowship of Churches and Ministries, for asking me to come back and just what a what a phenomenal blessing it was during these difficult times to be able to unite uh, with with fellow Christians and be a part of that it was a blessing. And I thank you. Just wish that my partner here had been able to be here, be there with me. I'm going to go ahead and bring him in because he's a blessing to me too every day. It's DJ Potato Skins, and we are going to keep on winning, winning. Winning, winning. It will include and across the board. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Well, like I told you, at least one half of the dynamic duo was there, so it uh, we were represented very well. Well, thank you very much. But Batman likes to have his Robin, of course, with him, right? Is that is that a good comic? Is that, that you know what? For not knowing baseball and and, and comics, you're, you're on the right path. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Don't, so don't much. use a baseball analogy though. Let's not go there. <laughs> no, I got to stay away from that. Um, okay, we've got. So much to get into tonight. Breaking news tonight. It looks like um, ding dong, the witch may be gone, that there's going to be a vote next week. And by Wednesday of next week, we may not have to suffer uh, Dick Cheney in a wig and glasses. Oh, I thought uh, you were talking about Gavin Newsom. No, no, he's going to be gone a little bit down the road. But this would actually be good news for us if we if, uh, you know, we don't have a third party option right now. And you know what? Either. It, so if this is what we've got right now, then I say this is the way to do it. You push out everything. Every never Trumper, because to be never Trump is to be never MAGA. And to, to be never MAGA means you are you are never America. Because it's the old Republican Party. It, it's, that's right. Because MAGA 
is America first. MAGA is about a restoration of what this country was founded on, which is a Judeo-Christian principles and values founded on the U.S. Constitution, that you are not entitled to anything but opportunity, that this country was founded on individual liberty and individual accountability. Not this kind of nonsense that Kamala Harris is talking about. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna put at the, at the front of our policies, the Guatemalan people down there. We can, we cannot afford, we cannot fix every country, nor is it the responsibility of the American taxpayers to try to solve the world's problems when we have so many problems here to solve. And since this is the, the country that has been the world's, uh, police force, the world's humanitarian aid provider, we're the ones that goes to after there's been a tsunami and rescues people and we've been building the schools and infrastructure around the world you kind of need to put america first if you're going to help anybody else got to get that mask down on your face right first before you put it on your kid oh yeah because well yeah though i mean the, I mean, the vaccines and the, the boosters that are coming out but you still need the mask <laughs> we're going to get into some mask stories a little bit later um because I wanted to get into a little bit of news that I'm not hearing anywhere. And I kind of think it should be a big story because if we're going to continue to have children, I, I posted a video today on social media of a child, a ring doorbell caught this little girl who was about eight years old. You could see the bus in the background and she's crying hysterically that she didn't want to get on the bus because she can't breathe in her mask. The child abuse that is being inflicted is I'm getting choked up. Is, is, yeah. I mean, my heart was literally breaking for this little girl, and it's inexcusable. They have they have intentionally. You called it right as child abuse. It is child abuse, and it's actually abuse of adults as well. Because when you intentionally inflict fear and panic in the minds of people, um, it creates an experience to where they then will catastrophize. Um, you have to spend years to undo the damage that's being done here. It's called cognitive therapy, where you have to undo people um, catastrophizing. Um, where you have to undo people, it's called fortune telling, where they expect the worst and they're anticipating the worst. That's what we're doing. That's what, that's what's happening when somebody's walking down the street with a mask and they see somebody 200 yards away and they're upset. They're catastrophizing and fortune telling, expecting the worst because, and that is a result of emotional and psychological and mental abuse. This is where we are. And they did this. So the breaking news that came out yesterday that nobody's talking about is about the fact that they they have done everything that they could through a manipulation of the testing, a manipulation of the hospitalizations. I think it was the motive behind putting six seniors back into nursing homes when you couldn't visit a senior when you were healthy. Every bit of it was about increasing case counts, increasing mortality rates, so that they could convince you that everybody in this country had an equal an equal ability to catch it, an equal ability to spread it, and an equal chance of dying from it. And that's absolutely and not true. a high chance true. of dying. That's what they want you to believe. What's that? And a higher chance at dying. That's what they want you to believe. Oh, yeah. They want everybody to think that, and, and many Democrats believe it. They think that you have a, that if you catch it, you have a 50% chance of being hospitalized. You have a 99.9% chance of, if you get it, not only recovering from it, but from, uh, uh, being a three to four deal experience, even less if you're allowed to take the cures and the therapeutics that they put out there. But getting back to the, to the breaking news is that it was finally admitted yesterday, and you'll see all kinds of attempts to back off from this, but they finally admitted that 6% of deaths from COVID are from COVID and the rest are with COVID 
whether it's a motorcycle accident, falling off a ladder, or whether it's because somebody who already had underlying comorbidities, whether it was diabetes, whether it was obesity, whether it was old age, whether it was pneumonia, they had underlying comorbidities that really where COVID came into the picture put them over the edge. And that's if it was COVID, because we also learned that these PCR tests that, that are taking actually test for a a grouping of different viruses. COVID, and, and by the way, I, I got to stop using this bad language. COVID is the expression of a virus. The virus is actually called SARS-CoV-2, right? And that's important to understand. They don't want you to know that because SARS-CoV-2 is actually part of the coronaviruses that have been going around forever, right? Uh, swine flu, uh, the bird flu, right? Uh, same uh, family. The bird flu, yeah. Same bird flu was the same family. I don't think swine flu was. That's a H1N1. Um, so if you get, you know, if you catch it, SARS, whatever, and you don't get any symptoms, you don't have COVID. COVID-19 is the expression of it, right? And that's important to remember um, because when they tell everybody, oh, we've got, what's the case count, a positive rating, you've got COVID-19. No, that doesn't mean anybody's got COVID-19. That means you've tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. And if you don't have a sniffle, you don't have COVID-19. So they have been manipulating the numbers. Think about this. Do the math for me. I don't have my HP12C in front of me. They're claiming 595,000 people died from COVID. Only 6% of that actually is from coronavirus, from COVID. 10% would be 50,000, right? Half of that would be five. Add 1,000. How many deaths? And something else you and I have been saying since the beginning is the flu is much more deadly than this, and this confirms it. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, AM Greatness did a great article today saying, where'd that flu go? Just disappeared. It actually didn't because one of the things they did and change they it, they changed how they track diseases. They lumped together everything under something called the PCP. So now it all gets lumped in. So now they don't they don't categorize something as influenza anymore, pneumonia anymore. Now it's just all lumped together. How convenient. Convenient. It's important to understand the truth. You, will, If you research this story, though, which we did before the show, because I'm like, let me check on this. I told Skins I'd heard about this this number. I said, let me check on it. And they're trying to have some backtracking going they're, on. Yeah, and they're, and, and they're saying, well, no, don't believe the 6% number. They're telling you it's 6% COVID only. Let me explain. They need to be adding in all these comorbidities. Well, that's the point of the whole story is only 6% of the deaths are actually from COVID. Now, I've had people argue with me because I brought this up before and them saying, well, you know, what is it if somebody's got four or five different comorbidities and COVID puts them on over the edge? That was what did it. Well, we don't even have any way of knowing that. We still don't even have of those who you know, we don't have any way of knowing that. That's why you need to separate it out, because there's no way of knowing if somebody has HIV, which is a virus. And by the way, we could have always done these mRNA uh, vaccines against that. And we didn't for a reason. Final thought before I take a break. Um, if somebody has um, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS, HIV, HIV and AIDS is what's listed on the death certificate, even if they die from um, uh, the pneumonia that takes them out, right? Because it was really the acquired immune deficiency disease that really left them vulnerable, right? Right. So if somebody's got diabetes, somebody's got obesity, it, it, that's it, 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 and they, they get coronavirus and they end up dying because that's what put them over, you should still put cancer or still put, do you follow me, just like HIV. 
because that's really what the cause of death was because but for that you would have survived right yep all right we're going to take a break we we come back we're going to bring in brian maloney because the left part of the way in which they intend to steal elections and continue to amass more power is they got to shut down conservative voices right and they are officially going after radio our friend from the media brian maloney will be here next to explain Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you guys all here with me. Super excited to have my next guest with me. I'm always glad to have him on. A while back, I referred to him as my fried chicken. Because that's my comfort food, right? It's been a while. We're all labeled foods. Uh, yeah. We see where Andrew's going. <laughs> well, you all here are my vegetables. Are DJ potato skins, DJ carrot sticks, and Brian Maloney is my fried chicken. And, <laughs> and he joins me tonight. He's been on so many times. You, you guys know who he is. He's a longtime guy in media. Uh, his media equalizer movement saved a lot of people, a lot of high-profile bacon out there. Uh, he's also That was Stop the Scalpings. Uh, and then he's also Red Wave America. But he could talk on any topic because he's been around the block for a long time. Not that I'm trying to age you, my friend, Brian Maloney, but <laughs> thanks for being here. Oh, uh, no. I thought I was your spicy fried chicken. That's the thing. Well, of I mean, course. Of course. I mean, fried chicken. But. Well, right. I don't eat no bland fried chicken, my friend. I mean, I'm not like, I think it was the African-American Museum that did this whole thing about white culture and said that all we eat is like bland meatloaf and potatoes. I'm like, I don't, I don't even, don't even get near me with any bland food. I was, I was more offended by that than the white privilege comments. Well, well I'm hungry. you know, it yeah. depends on what part of the country that you're from. Definitely. <laughs> well, you're definitely. up there in bland. You're up there in bland food country. You're in the up in up in the the East Coast. Anyway, enough about food, my dear friend, because we got some serious stuff going on. I mean, the left hijacked our elections, but they're not content to stop there. I predicted that when they got power, they would be attempting to use it in any way they could to try to to once and for all stop conservative voices to try to undo the progress that radio terrestrial conservative radio has made in in this country tell everybody what's going on with this radio station down in florida well yeah now this this story is really amazing because you know and this is something that uh was predicted years ago in a book that uh the democrats would use the fcc to in an attempt to censor radio in in a future democrat administration that they would simply withhold license transfers or pull the licenses of stations that air, uh, you know, conservative commentary that they don't like. But what's really interesting is where not only where we've seen this come true this week in Miami, but the fact that the Democrats are targeting Spanish language radio as their priority uh, and not English language conservative talk radio. Conservative Spanish talk radio represents the greatest threat to them that they could even imagine. And I think this isn't a coincidence at all because look at the 2020 election results in the places they didn't steal, uh, you know, or couldn't quite rig or whatever else. What we saw, and even the New York Times is panicked about this, uh, is an undeniable movement toward Hispanic voters 
uh, voting red in South Florida and in South Texas in regions where Republicans normally have not had much traction whatsoever. And, and you know, there really isn't any particular campaigning, uh, you know, effort by the GOP to show for that. So how did that happen? It's happening on its own because the, the, these particular groups of people were always in tune with conservative values. It's where people have always been. And finally, it's all lining. Uh, and this is scaring the Democrats to death. And so, hey, why not uh, prevent the transfer of a license? So what's happened is, is that a, a station in Miami has been sold to a company that is known for Spanish conservative talk radio. The company is called American CV, and I actually don't even know the company, but I'm going to try to find out more about them. So there is a Republican FCC commissioner, because remember, these federal commissions tend to be divided. There, there are five FCC commissioners, and I've been in their meetings before in D.C., and the ruling party generally has three of the commissioners and the minority party has two. So I believe we have two at this point. Um, Republicans do anyway. Uh, and Brendan Carr is Republican FCC commissioner, and he is sounding the alarm because congressional Democrats are trying to stop the license transfer to this conservative Spanish language uh, talk radio outfit. Mm-hmm. So, so Andrea, I mean, this is what you're seeing here. And, and the sole purpose of trying to block the transfer of this license is that Democrats don't like the conservative content and are petrified mm-hmm. that this will sway even more votes uh, in Miami-Dade in the next election toward Republicans. I, yeah, mean, and there's, know, I mean, this is real. This is the real deal here. This is really, really frightening and should really shock the conscience. And w- every Democrat listening to us, if there are any right now, and I do have some Democrats that listen, should be really uh, angry and upset about this because this is this is the Democrat Party openly, as as Brandon, uh, Brandon Carr said, that this is, this is naked politics. There's no way for them to couch this as other than trying to get between and stop uh, the Hispanic community in South Florida from hearing a message, flat out Pravda uh, government control over messaging and over the news. And and they're even admitting uh, in one one of, uh, I don't know if it was an actual Democrat from Florida or uh, the, a guy from another part of the country who said that um, uh, that they the reason, they were honest about it, that they're concerned that the Democrats on this Spanish-speaking conservative language are going to point out the fact that the Democrats are socialist and the, the, many of the South Florida Hispanics are come out of Cuba and they don't like that S-word. So, right. Darren Soto, Democrat of Florida, a House member. So, yeah. so he, And he's outright saying that stopping the sale is necessary because dangerous rhetoric can't go unchecked. So dangerous rhetoric to the left means anything they don't agree with. And that, by the way, this story is at foxnews.com. I mean, I'm glad Fox is covering this. I, I, I'm surprised, but I'm glad. Um, but the bottom line here is the sole reason for the pressure is that they don't like the conservative politics. And you know what's interesting about this, Andrea, also is that, you know, the GOP, this, this is happening organically. I mean, this, this is because the listenership is there. The market is there. The market is saying we want conservative Spanish language talk radio in South Florida, not because the Republicans went down there and said, let's have some conservative talk radio. Right. Nothing of this sort. 
it's happening on its own free market and that they will not tolerate. But where is But let me ask you, where is the Republican Party? Because the only person I've heard I've seen talking about this is Brandon Carr. Where is the rest of the Republican Party going? Wait a second, Democrats, you're trying to seize control of of talk radio. Well, and that's the bottom line. He, he, Brendan, is an FCC commissioner. He's not a member of Congress. And what we're seeing day in, day out is the GOP establishment doing absolutely nothing for any of us or anyone who is facing this kind of threat, facing this kind of pressure, uh, facing these types of campaigns, intimidation, cancellation, whatever, uh, you know, being thrown in jail and throw away the key. Republicans are nowhere to be found. The Republicans are not doing anything to help anyone. Uh, and the party leadership is absolutely must be overthrown. Absolutely. The party leadership of the GOP cannot stay where it is for another day. No. Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, they must, they are a disgrace to this country. They must go now. Yeah, um, we don't have but a couple more minutes, but, um, you know, and, and we don't tend to talk a whole lot about Fox here because other than other than Tucker Carlson, they've really they've really we don't even need to waste any more time oh, on yeah. them. But at least Tucker Carlson uh, exposed what was going on with Frank Luntz and the fact that if, that this man has such control over Republican messaging when really all he is is a paid hired hand for leftist organizations. And why, you know, the, the fact that any Republican still has anything to do with him says everything that you need to to know. I mean, I think anybody who's been paying attention to Frank Luntz and his focus groups should have been able to see through um, the, and that he he didn't just look like a, a Janet Napolitano. He actually was Janet Napolitano. Um, but God bless him for, for raising the red flag about Frank Luntz and, and Kevin McCarthy, who actually is rents a home from Frank Luntz. Or a room. A room. Is it a room or a home? Five oh, it's a room? They're roommates? I, well, I heard that it was a room, but then I thought, how could a room be five thousand dollars a month uh, to me that would be i mean that would really even for dc housing prices that would be crazy so but i wouldn't put it past him i wouldn't put it past mccarthy though, to be paying either. five grand to frank luntz for a room i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him at all because then that oh you know yeah i should be paying you about 1500 to 2000 yeah keep the rest of it for for some positive focus group feedback for me will you well, you know, and, and you mentioned we only found out about this because Tucker exposed it on his show. I'd never known this, and I usually know a lot of this inside stuff, and I'd never heard this before, mm-hmm. nor had anyone I'd ever known. And the other host that you mentioned earlier about, you know, us saving the bacon of some of these Fox hosts, which we have done before. And, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but some of the very people I've been involved with saving uh, their necks in the past, uh, you know, are now just sucking up to this GOP leadership and not doing anything for anybody other than protecting and defending the status quo, which to me is, is you know, I mean, I stand by what I did at the time, but sometimes yeah. it's a little embarrassing. It really is. Well, if this uh, final thoughts, if this transfer gets stopped and the Democrats are successful in controlling uh and denying first the First Amendment rights of this country by interceding and injecting themselves, which, uh, you know, as the government um, seizing control over a media outlet in order to control the content and suppress speech. There, what is what is there to stop them from continuing to just do that across the country and other means well, besides just interfering in a sale? 
Well, and that's exactly right. And I think that what they're going to focus like a laser on is this shift in Hispanic support uh, away from the Democrats and toward the Republicans. I saw with Red Wave America last year that we picked up so many contributions from Hispanic Americans, uh, and many of them were in Florida and were in Texas, and really just they were looking for us. I mean, we yeah. didn't go after them. They, they came to us. And to me, that was remarkable. When I looked over our donor list at the end, and we're a shoestring operation, of course, but when I looked, I, I, this, I've never seen anything like this before. I never had seen anything like what happened last year. And the Democrats know it's going to continue. Absolutely. Well, Brian Maloney, thank you for all you do. I know a big thank, thank you is you. owed to you for sa- for the bacon that was saved. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here, my friend. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of bacon and good food, we've actually got uh, famous chef Andrew Gruel is going to be with us next uh, talking about restaurants. And he's been working to try to save a, a, an industry that has been uh, halfway killed off and the rest is in the throes. And he will join us next. Don't go away. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Breaking news, uh, DJ Potato Skins, the... 2021 Miramar Air Show has been canceled over COVID concerns. When does that happen? Like September? Like this is, it's outdoor? It's outdoors and it's a ways off. Yeah, this is absolute insanity. The continued destruction of so many aspects of our lives and in and, and the arbitrary shutdowns and lockdowns and the ma- mandates, all of which are meant. You know why? To it's dis- a feel good event. Well, I- exactly. And it's and it's and it's about celebrating America and it's about celebrating the military. You know, that's what you, you don't have to look far or, or actually, you know, be deep. Really, you don't have to be Thomas Sowell to figure out what's been going on here. Right. And one near and dear to my heart, the industry that's been, I think, the hardest hit arbitrarily and unnecessarily is the restaurant industry. You know, I come up out of the restaurant industry. It's how I paid my way through five five years. Yeah, five years of college at LSU. And uh, Louisiana uh, has been, um, so the restaurant industry has been destroyed. I think across the entire country, at least 20% of restaurants uh, have been closed permanently. Many, most of the rest are in the death rows. And here to discuss his efforts to save the remaining restaurants is Andrew Gruel. He's an American chef and television personality. He actually appeared as a judge. Uh, you'll like this, Skins. He was a judge on Food Network's Food Truck Face-Off. I oh, love, I oh. love him already. I know. I love food trucks, too. Of course, you know I love all food. He is the founder and CEO and executive chef of Slapfish, a seafood restaurant franchise based out of Huntington Beach. And he joins me now. Hello, Chef Gruel. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And what a heck of an intro. You know, uh, that's all made up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? what you? It, it better not be made up because I'm going to be looking to watch uh, some of those episodes. So I'm, I'm pleased that you're still, you've still survived as a restaurant owner. Many are, are gone. And um, the, the remaining restaurants that are left are truly suffering. Um, give us an update as to what's going on in L.A. County and where restaurants are at. At there in your area? 
Well, I'm in Orange County, um, right on the border, though, of course. But L.A. and Orange County still share a you know, similar mindset, if you will. Um, but we're at 50% indoor capacity right now. We are um, still very, very limited. I think the more important thing to mention is the, co- the, the consumer psychology. And, you know, it's funny. Listening to your intro about the air show being canceled, it's moves like this where people say, oh, my gosh, they're canceling things way out in September. That means, you know, we're still in this. Things yep. are coming. Things are happening. And that really affects our behavior mm-hmm. and the ways in which we make daily decisions about where we go and what we do. Absolutely. And um, thank you for clarifying, by the way. Uh, down here in San Diego, it's like anything north uh, north of Camp Pendleton is like L.A. County does. <laughs> so. oh, of course. No, I, I totally understand. Right. Um, this was so devastating to me. Uh, you, I'm sure you also heard in the intro that I came up um, through. I paid my way through college working as a waitress. And I it, it had this happened to me, I would have had to quit school. It would have destroyed my future. I don't know how so many restaurant owners have, have been able to survive um, whatever part of Southern California that they're in. Um, there have been some efforts to help through the stimulus and through a variety of, of different ways. The The news that's coming out now is that restaurants are already getting the help that, that they need from Joe Biden. He's got his new restaurant plan. He's offering $10 million. I think something of like 186,000 people have applied. And then we're also hearing reports, Chef Gruel, that restaurants are having a, having a hard time finding staff. So what are the biggest challenges right now? Because it's almost like it's contradictory messages. It's almost as though everything's cool now. Biden's throwing money out there. And now the only challenge is, is hiring people, which shouldn't be hard. Speak to that. Yeah, and that's a big issue, right? One that's actually sucked me into too many Twitter debates. Um, I've posted about this for the past couple of weeks, and I have taken... I can't even tell you. I'm getting, I'm not even being sarcastic when I tell you this, and I will send these to you. I'm getting death threats on Twitter from like Antifa, commie Twitter, telling me it's not that that's fake. It's just that you're not paying a living wage. We've upped our pay now. We're paying entry level cooks and dishwashers 20 to $25 an hour. They also get bonuses, they get tips, they get benefits. So it equates to even more. And I can't get a lot of these entry level workers in. Now, look. I'm not saying that people aren't working because they're making enough on unemployment and therefore they're lazy, right? What I'm saying is that people aren't, because I'm talking to the people about this, and I'm asking a lot of people who had worked for us in the past and won't come back, and I say, what is it? They said, well, look, you know, we're afraid that there's going to be another shutdown, and then we're going to lose our unemployment benefits. Because if you recall, back in December, when they shut everything down for the you know 50th time here in California, including outdoor dining, they were like, oh, and by the way, we misappropriated $50 billion in unemployment funds. So you also can't get unemployment insurance. Right. And that was why we started our funds and we raised over $400,000 to give to struggling and out of work restaurant workers. We became the unemployment department. And so I'm not saying people are lazy. I'm saying they're staying on unemployment because they're like, who knows what's going on? Look, they're shutting down air shows. They just shut down dining again in Oregon and Washington over six COVID deaths. Wow. And and you're right. Um, uh, Gavin Newsom, long, ba- long before the last December, I think it was actually in the summer of 2020, he bragged, Chef Gruel, that, that the state was on a dimmer switch and he could move that dimmer switch up and down. Well, when you are announcing that it doesn't matter what color coded system I put you in today, I can change it tomorrow. Even it, Any industry is going to have a hard time being able to hire, being able to uh, buy inventory, know what to do with their stock, especially it involves food and pair 
non-perishable items. I mean, the position that every business has been in, particularly the restaurant industry, has just been, it's been absolutely, um, I, I don't even have strong enough words for the fact that it's almost as though it was planned destruction of an industry to gain control and create a dependency class. Um, God bless you for what you're doing with uh, with your movement to save the restaurants. Is that still something you're active in? What What do people need to know about how they can help? Yeah, we're still raising funds for it. For it's not as much for restaurant workers now, in so much as it is for independent mom and pops, food truck owners, food truck operators who are self-employed. So, for example, when they did shut down Oregon and Washington last week, we did put out another call to action. We raised about six thousand dollars, and I already distributed all of that to restaurant owners and their workers up in the Oregon area. Um, but. For example, uh, you know, today we're still I'm still hearing from food truck operators, for example, that is, they're saying, look, we can open, but the business isn't there because the consumer mindset has been crushed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one important thing to mention is about the food truck joke I made in the beginning. I started Slotfish as a food truck in 2011. I put all of my life savings on the line. I maxed out all of my credit cards. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hire a single employee. It was just me. I started as a food truck and went from one to three food trucks in eight months. And now we have 27 locations. Wow. Could you imagine? And, and, and 27 locations over 2,000 employees. Could you imagine if the COVID had hit then? No. This, this never would have happened. We, there wouldn't be these 2,000 plus jobs. They may, but they, they may not be for somebody like myself where we're paying people 50 to 75% above minimum wage. You're trying to fight the power of the government, right? Um, which effectively is trying to merge with corporate America. So you got to think about, you know, the effect that a lot of these things are having on the economy right now, which seem minuscule, but are massive. Well, it is massive. It's certainly massive. I was thinking about what if, what if you had, what if you'd been shut down at the point in which you maxed out all your credit cards at the point in which you're making the biggest investments at the beginning of the launch of your business, right? And that's the case for so many small business owners across industries. And the left and so many uh, of these uh, these little worker bees for the state now who are indoctrinated to think that business owners evil and you know everybody everybody who every business owner is just greedy and just you know working off the backs of the you know what is it the proletariat or whatever is this is the term um you know you know they don't understand the sacrifices the risks that is involved with with a small business owner i'm not familiar with huntington beach but one of the things that hurt my heart so bad is as somebody who loves the restaurant industry is chula vista here in san diego where we have so many of our immigrants that have come here into this country legally that had a dream that did what you did didn't make it to 21 locations but they were able to start a, a, a taco shop on a corner and feed their family are now closed. I think uh, over almost 70%, I think it is, Skins, restaurants in Chula Vista. These are supposed to be the communities that these Democrats are supposed to care about, the minorities, right, and the immigrants. And then they've just completely destroyed their ability to make a living. And as long as they keep us, continue to be fearful and continue with the mask. And now you can get vaccinated, but you still got to wear a mask. It continues to do, like you said, create the perception is that nobody's can, nobody's really safe and it harms all businesses. Um, wrap us up, Chef Gruel. What do you want to say? And the, in only your thing, and the only thing that can protect us is the government to finalize your thought, um, which of course we all know is, is a joke. Well, I'll tell you a really, really quick story here. 30 seconds. So a gentleman called me out this morning on this big account and it's an Antifa account. And he said, oh yeah, you know, Chef Gruel, you're not paying your workers a living wage. You can't get dishwashers at $20, $25 an hour. Scumbag restaurant owner just totally goes off on me, right? So I went, I went and did a little research on him. Guess what? He's paying all of his workers with uh, with uh, a college education, eighteen dollars an hour. 
Nah. We're paying our dishwashers 21. Slam dunk. These guys are hypocrites. They're all hypocrites, right? And that's what it comes down to is, is that they just want to merge with the state and small business owners are getting crushed in all of this. And the narrative supports that, unfortunately, from the left. It's a real sad state of affairs. And I don't think there's enough on the right that are doing what they should be doing that are supposed to be the party of individual liberty and the party of free enterprise and the party that understands that small business is the lifeblood of our economy and it's being crushed. God bless you for what you do please tell everybody where they can go to contribute uh the number eight six struggle.com that's our site the number eight six struggle.com thank you so much chef girl keep doing what you do thank you i appreciate it bye-bye bye now all right now stay tuned we got more to talk about on tonight's andrew k show we gotta we gotta go all the way around the world over to iran because there's some breaking news happening there and um that and more so don't go away Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, rolling along. Um, oh, by the way, when uh, Biden announced, we were just talking to Chef Garul about restaurants, and Biden came out with this, uh, you know, how he was just going to save the restaurants, his restaurant revitalization fund. Um, out of remember how many trillions of dollars in these and all these COVID relief bills, and only nine percent was actually going to anybody. Yep. It was most of it going around the world, right? Ha- guess how much he's allocating for the restaurant revitalization. 10 mil. It's probably a super low It's 10 number. mil. And in the course of the $30 trillion debt we have, it's nothing. It's nothing. But it's still going to be paid for by the backs of other Americans that are already being, were already being killed and crushed. But he made his big announcement on Cinco de Mayo at a taqueria. Think about that. After, after these Democrats destroyed businesses like all the taco shops in Chula Vista with all these crackdowns and stuff, and he's going to go sit at a taco shop. Did no he whip out go. his hot sauce like Hillary did? Remember when Hillary was asked, what's in your purse? And she whipped, it, whipped out the, ta- the, uh, some kind of, uh, hot sauce, taco sauce, and it was such a bad moment for her. Yeah. Anyway. And they uh, just can't escape bad symbolism, can they? No. Um, Speaking of bad symbolism, there's an update on that show Vanger who was wearing a T-shirt that said, get your knees off our necks. By the way, that T-shirt, you think about that T-shirt that he was seen wearing. Get your knee off our necks. And that is set in a circle around MLK. That tells you that this was more, this was somebody that was more than just even somebody in supportive of George Floyd, which, which already destroys his ability to be on a jury. This was clearly somebody who sees America as systemically racist and every cop out spending all day long looking to see what black person he can murder. That's somebody who should never been on a jury, even, but it gets even worse from there. Potato skins, because he actually said the other day that he saw jury duty as a way to spark change. Wow. Right. I'm actually quite speechless about with that comment. Yeah, because think about what that means, people. That means that the Democrats now. Because, you know, he's not alone. You know, he's not alone. The idea 
Because we've talked many times that they know that they know uh, they've been amassing and moving power to the Department of Justice for a while. They've been using Democrats in black robes uh, to be dictators in black robes. So it was only a matter of time before they were going to seize control of the criminal justice aspect of it and the criminal trials by taking over juries, infiltrating juries. Right. When we know that the point of a jury is supposed to be impartial, they're supposed to be impartial. Their job is supposed to be not already have a predetermined sent a judgment in mind before all the facts are, are, are presented. Uh, prosecution first, because they've got the burden of proof. Then the defense. You're not supposed to make a decision until the end. The, and that's after you receive your jury duty instructions in which you were instructed how to apply the evidence of what you've heard according to the rule of law. Reminds me of that. Uh, I, don't, I believe it was time, but I might be, be wrong. But that magazine article that basically said, hey, this is how we did the propaganda, put it out there to change the election. Right. Right. No different. We don't have we if it, it, it with these statements, you tell me how we don't have somebody overturning, not just offering a retrial, but overturn. If we had a judge that could look under his robe and find some manhood, he would come out and say, I am overturning the conviction now. Now. And I don't believe that Derek Chauvin, I'm o- I'm overturning the the conviction And I'm not even asking for a retrial because at this point, I don't believe that this man can get a fair trial in the United States of America. That's what he should say. Well, that statement that you just read changes everything. Yeah. There's no excuse for why this hasn't. And this isn't because I'm a Derek Chauvin supporter. What I'm a supporter of is the rule of law. I'm supportive of what's of of how the Constitution and our Fourth Amendment rights in terms of uh, uh, the right to, to not be subject to unlawful search and seizure. They're only, we're considered innocent and to proving guilty. They're not supposed to be searching us and looking for evidence without probable cause that we've actually committed a crime. Even then, once we're charged, we're still considered innocent and to proven guilty. That this, that this conviction still stands, says as of right now in the United States of America, we no longer have a justice system, in my opinion. God help any of you out there if you get if you get charged with a crime you didn't commit. Um, speaking of who should be charged with a crime is according to the left's rules, John Kerry should be charged uh, with the same um, Logan Act that that Michael Flynn was targeted for because we know John Kerry uh, was com- continued to communicate with the Iranians and he actually was sharing military troop movements. Yeah, were that a Republican? Oh, it would be so much different. Yeah, vi- going going against the commander-in-chief and violating our, our military. Um, but even after all that, even after the Iranian new deal that they did, helping the, you know the Iranians come up with the nukes to blow us and Israel off the map, did that, did that score any points with the Iranians? Did that make them love us? I'm guessing no. No! The, I- I- Iran, Iran... Iran released a video. I hate that I, this whole political, I don't call it, I don't call it Copenhagen either. Um, Iran released a video showing its forces blowing up the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing? Cause I'm, I'm picturing Dopey Joe sitting there with the missile coming. And you know what? If that, if, the, if it was a Republican, that cartoon would have already been done, right? Showing that, showing the stupidity uh, of a president who thought he was going to suck up to somebody who hates us. Better hope he's awake. Yeah. Insane. Not that I want Joe Biden attacked. You know what I'm trying to say.
to show to show what a moron they are. Anyway, peace out. Love y'all. See you tomorrow.